you're listening to the Over Six Sports Podcast. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Whenever you're listening to the Over Six Sports Podcast, it's always a great day for me as well. And it is Zach, the Bandit Burke, as always, with your favorite show host Cameron Charlton the number one Habs fan in the world Cameron how are you doing this evening well I mean I'm feeling a little better as we're recording it's Tuesday night here in Montreal actually has scored a power play goal and is two for two on the penalty kill special teams for Montreal apparently showing up for once this season yeah, let's hope Dom Ducharme has got them going and that'll keep up. So, I mean, things are looking a little up. Let's let's go and keep at it. I mean, honestly, even a Blanthauer fans a truffle every once in a while. You'd think eventually they'd score on the power play. Yeah, I mean, they have enough skill. They should not be the worst team in the league on it. So, let's see well, if they I, can implement some things to get going now. Yeah, you know, I mean, they as as we were talking earlier today, just over text, I mean, they kind of have to. Um, And I think we'll get to that a little bit later uh, because we got some other stuff kind of coming up first. So um, today is March the 2nd. This is our fifth episode of the podcast. Cam, before we get into some headlines and some and some picks, um, how are you feeling five episodes into the pod? Yeah, I definitely feel like we really struggled with the first couple and it didn't feel so natural. But now it's just it's coming a lot easier. Things are going smoother and. I feel like now we can really build on our content and really work on that. We're getting a lot better at the whole actually talking and working through it. Well, we're trying to make sure that we're not, you know, super repetitive, try to keep everything fresh for y'all. Um, you know, it's, it is tough when, you know, you, we don't have major league baseball back yet. We spring training just started, so that's always good. Um, but in general, we don't, uh, we want to make sure it's interesting, make sure that you keep you engaged we would love listeners if you would just even let a friend know. Cam, I know your uh, your fiance had had let a coworker or someone know, and now that person loves the podcast. So shout out to shout out to our boy security guard, whatever your name is. We love you on the pod. Appreciate the listens. Yeah, I mean any listener that we get that uh, is looking forward to Thursday mornings is appreciated, and hopefully we can keep expanding on that. Yeah, with you on your drive and with you during the workday or you know, whenever you want. So let's get into today's uh, headlines or the headlines since we've uh, been there last week, Cam. So what was, I I think the big thing that we'll get to first was, um, you know, we talked about Tiger last podcast and Tiger is doing uh, better. He's had surgery. He's seems to be recovering well, which is obviously great to hear, but um, really touching gesture from his peers on the PGA tour this week on Sunday. Yeah, it was nice to see the PGA Tour do it. It was nice to even see the LPGA. Annika Sorenstein was wearing red. Phil Mickelson was wearing red out on the Champions Tour. It was nice to see. I mean, there was a few guys who couldn't because of sponsorships and stuff. You have to have so many sponsors on your shirts and stuff, so they just couldn't pull out a red shirt. But anybody who could seemed to do it, and it was really nice to see. And just shows the amount of respect the guy has on the sport. And guys, even Colin Morikawa, who won this week, who has to maybe be the most mature 24-year-old I've ever seen. Kind of, he didn't wear red due to sponsorships, but he touched on how much Tigers meant to the game, and they wouldn't be making the million-dollar purses that they'd have today if it weren't for him. So, Well, and I like but, to see, too, like even the guys who couldn't wear red, you know, like I did, had, I had read that, you know, guys were, you know, putting some inscriptions on like TW on their balls or, or wearing tiger hats or whatever the case is. Right. So it's always good to see. And I think, you know, that's the beautiful thing about sports. Whenever there is a, um, you know, a, a problem or somebody's in trouble or, you know, there's a sickness. And I mean, even in the NHL, um, when the, the Flyers player had, uh, had cancer, what was his name, you know, off the top of your Oscar head? Oscar Limblom. Yeah, that's right. Limblom, right. You just see the whole league and every time, you know, when he came back on for his first game, you know, the opposition just, you know, tapping their sticks for him. And it's just so good to see in, in any sport when you, uh, when you get the support for like that. Yeah. And I think it's lastly to add to this, I think it's not enough that we really kind of do this when the person's still alive, we do it so much after they pass, but for us to be able to do it when someone's still alive and you saw a tiger tweet, how touching and awesome it was for him to see. Sometimes we have to appreciate people while they're still here and not always when they're gone. 
Well, I think it's a great comment. I mean, I saw some flack online, ridiculous, where it's like, you know, people are commenting, why are we wearing red and black on Sundays for Tiger when he's not dead? And I'm like, what, I, you know, what's wrong with, what's wrong with that? Like, you know, like even for us, like even just, you know, golfing regularly on the course, right? If we're playing a scramble tournament in Nowheresville, you know, we'll show up in red and black, not because, you know, not, not because it makes a difference, but it just, you know, Tigers influenced us that much where you're like, okay, you know, tournament day, let's bring out the red and black. Like let's, let's have that tiger strike going. Right. So I, I just, you know, anything that you can do and not just for tiger, but for anybody, man, like, like, you know, you can wear shirts and support people and, and or wristbands or whatever the case is. Somebody doesn't have to be dead for you to show how much you mean them. So love you, bro. Just so you know, I know you're not dead. I'll let you know now. <laughs> The other big headline we had this week was J.J. Watt signing JJ. with the Cardinals. And what a great way of doing it. You're hearing all the speculation, really, of Bills, Browns, Steelers. I don't really think anybody thought Cardinals. And the guy just tweets out, source me. Oh, it was a baller move. Like, can, like I don't know if there's a better way other than doing, like, kind of like the gender reveal thing. Because that would have been hilarious if he, like you know, had like confetti and stuff go up or he like pulled on a string and like balloons came out with the team name. Like I could see that happening, but yeah, source me in the gym. Brilliant. Yeah. The best part of it too, is he's squatting in the photo just with the Cardinals shirt on. So that's JJ Watt for you. Well, and as Dolphins fans, I was so happy to hear that he was not coming to the AFC East because seriously, like we just got rid of Tom Brady. I know that JJ's had his injury issues and whatnot, seemed pretty good last year but um i just didn't want him anywhere near the afcs i do not want to see that man you know twice a year on the football field yeah so what do you think of the move overall now that really the cardinals d has to be starting to look up they added him they got chandler jones those guys lead the league in sacks in the last seven to nine years jones number one watt number two got a couple young guys on d that are exciting as well do they have is is Buda Baker on that team? Yeah, they got Buda Baker, Isaiah Simmons, Byron Murphy Jr. So a lot of young guys kind of on the defensive side. Their yeah. secondary is well, still th- not terrific, but Well, I think that that was their biggest, you know, struggle last year. It's pretty clear to me that offensively they're okay. I mean, Kyler looked great last year. Hop, you know, had a pretty good year by his standards. I mean, he's not getting 90 touchdowns a league like a year like he is in Madden you know he's he's getting actually doubled by real professionals so um yeah I mean offensively they look good but I think definitely defense was was a huge part of it you know the big thing for JJ Watt I mean what he signed a two-year deal so in a sense it's almost uh I mean he is getting older I mean linemen don't generally stay in the game that long so I understand the two-year contract um you know you just hope for this guy he's been in the league for for so long like 12 years he's been in the league you know you you just really hope that they can they can win a super bowl as miami fans i'd prefer miami win but jj watch is just one of those feel good guys kind of like mike trout right you you know mike trout not on your team um unless you're an angels fan but you know mike trout is one of those guys where he's just so likable in the game that you, you know you hope that he has a lot of success but i think the move made a lot of sense for the cardinals i don't really think they had any you know better option from what i could see no i think it makes a lot of sense too that division is ridiculous now though with rams seahawks them and san fran's gonna bounce back but it makes a lot of sense for them and you think with jj watt now who's one of the most liked people in the game hopkins you got one of the most exciting quarterbacks good chance i think they can add a couple more free agents who'd want to go play with those guys so it'll be interesting to see what they do in a couple of weeks here now. I saw I, I saw a funny thing online. It was um, that uh, that Stafford requested a trade out of L.A. because J.J. Watt was in the division then. Well, how do you feel if you're uh, Wilson now? You're already the most sacked quarterback. You have one team with Jones and Watt coming at you. You have Aaron Donald coming at you. And then Bosa <laughs> is on the other team. Like, you're like, what am I doing in this division? So all the trade speculation with him, I'm like, I can't. don't think that's getting any better now. I mean, Russell Wilson probably should take an insurance policy out because seriously, this guy's going to be just getting crushed. He's going to look like Josh Allen every single game. Yeah. Well, yeah, pretty much. 
I mean, this guy, and, and the thing is, I mean, I felt like Russ used his legs at the, you know, at the start of his career was using his legs a little bit more. And the last couple of years, he really hasn't, he's been more of that, that, you know, pocket quarterback, which you don't like, I mean, he rolls out a little bit, but for the most part, it's been a pocket quarterback. And the last couple of years, especially last year, it didn't look like he ran at all. And, uh, yeah, I don't know how that's going to feel when you've got, uh, JJ coming, coming down the throat of the the o-line there so (laughs) yeah it'll be a fun division to watch i think that's the one where i have absolutely no idea who's going to win the division but i think whoever does win the division is in the talks for the super bowl if you had to if you had to pick a guess right now who would you you go with the rams are coming out of that division in my opinion they have the best so good they have the best defense in the league i think and now you add a real quarterback and not Jared Goff. Yeah, I bet Jared Goff's one of those guys where, you know, he maybe felt a little salty getting traded out of L.A. I mean, you go from, you know, Tinseltown or Golden City or whatever you want to call it down to uh, down to Motor City. A little bit colder on the East Coast and a little more gritty down in Detroit, but I bet you that he's a little thankful now. He's like, oh, thank God. I don't have to have J.J. Watt talking me to the ground every week because you, know you know that Goff would get killed every week. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, you look around that division, he's probably happy. Bosa's kind of in and out a little bit in the past year, but yeah, it's just a mess. But let's get back into this weekend. Uh, we had another good week in betting, Burke. Okay, maybe week. not a good shit. week in betting, but there were some I good just, hockey games. Yeah, there was good games. I would just like the premise, and I'm going to get this to this a little bit later. We have a, we have a new kind of segment that we're doing just because recently we've seen a lot of it called just just stupid takes on the internet. We're going to read them out and we're going to see if there's a bit of truth or just shut your yap on the take. Um, little preview for later in the show. But so I will get to my how I feel about that in that segment because I'm throwing myself under the bus. Uh, but you're going to go through the games here and it was a very bad weekend for the Burke train. Yeah, so the first game was Sens-Flames. Of course, you thought how pesky the Sens have been. Why not go with them again? I mean, it was a legit thought. The Flames came out early and often, went up 3 nothing early. They got embarrassed on the Thursday before the game, so you kind of knew after that yeah. Thursday game, you probably wish you could have changed your bet. So that's the thing, right? Like when we give our bets on, when we record on Tuesday, I just like to say for anybody who's thrown shade that I was right. On this game and another game, I just had the wrong days. That's all it was, right? I mean, and you know, that's the game. That's the rules. We pick it. We pick when we have to pick it. I get it. But, but I, they, they did win. Just, just not, not on Saturday when I needed them to. Yeah. They won two out of three in that series, but the game you chose them, they didn't win. So fucking bullshit. And then we move into the Oilers Leafs and we both thought the Oilers were going to win and I mean, Jack Campbell was the story on Saturday night, and Michael Hutchison was the story yesterday. But well, and I like to get you know, I don't mind spending a minute on this, just as again, you know, Leafs are they're my team, and we can spend a little time on the on the Habs. But um, I've been really just really impressed with the response from the team when you know you don't have Matthews the last couple of games, you don't have Anderson who's out with an injury. Campbell comes back first off, you know. Great story for Campbell, right? Guy gets injured for a couple weeks, comes back in a shutout, and you could just tell, you know, sometimes the Leafs go to sleep in the third period, but you could just tell on on uh, Saturday night that they were like, especially in the third period, they're up, you know, they're up a couple goals, and they're like, we cannot let our stellar goalie not get this shutout because he's been unreal for them that game. Yeah, I mean, Mike Smith started off the game horrible. That Nylander goal just couldn't go in, or was that yesterday? But there was a couple. Mike Smith let in some bad goals. No, so I think the one you're talking about was, oh, it was uh, Koskinen. Koskinen yesterday. Yeah, with Koskinen the was. Yeah, Koskinen was bad, and so, but yeah, Smith wasn't good the other day either, and goaltending was a difference. Jack Campbell stepped up, and I mean, I'll be the first one to admit the way the Leafs have stepped up defensively this year is super impressive. You thought they were still going to be kind of that Edmonton team, that running gun, that high. But they're getting a lot of contributions from a lot of guys in their own end, which is shocking. I think TJ Brody's really helped step up that team in a bunch of ways. And it's nice when you kind of have that. Well, and I think Bogosian as well, like on defense. I mean, the guy's a freaking lumberjack some games. Like I know that you love you love seeing him play when he's not getting called for penalties all game when he's beating people up. Um 
but I, I think part of it just comes down to leadership, right? Leadership, accountability, saying, hey, you know, I, I've won, you know, Muzzin's won a cup, Bogosian's won a cup. There's something to be said on defense for that, where you can say to the young guys, hey, you know, you got to be trying a little bit harder. And I think part of that leadership may be for somewhat of Nylander's turnaround. It seems to me like Nylander has been trying a little harder in his end. As I said on the last podcast, I think this is great for his trade value. Um, I still think that he could be traded for sure. Uh, with his with his cap hit and, and what he's contributing but the guy scored three goals the last four games two big ones um you know last week to you know to tie the game and go into overtime as we were recording last week so um overall a plus for the for the Leafs last week and yeah uh, let's see if we can set an NHL record with with three shutouts by three different goalies in three straight games that would be a stat for the ages don't you think yeah, especially doing it against Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. I can't see it happening three games in a row, but it's still been super impressive what they've done the last two games. And Michael Hutchison looks like the goalie he was before the Leafs and then even after the Leafs when he was in Colorado last year. He was decent for a bit. So It's been nice to see that they actually trust. I mean, the players trust them because when he was playing last year, you know, I can see why they wanted to run Freddie as opposed to playing him because the, the team did not trust him whatsoever. And the players were like, I do not want to play my all out when I know Hutch is going to let a bad one in. But he's completely changed the narrative this year, for sure. Um, before we move on to to the next game, I just wanted to say, Connor McDavid, even though he didn't score the last two games, this kid is such a freak. Like, he picks up the puck last night in front of his own net. And the camera angles, you know, facing the, the his own. And before it even panned up, I was like, man, this kid might score here. Sure enough, he busts in. There's two Leafs there. He takes one stride, pokes the puck forward, and gets a shot that he probably maybe could have scored on. There was a high scoring chance. And he was there in three seconds. Like, you know, I, I know that you were telling me, who, uh, was it Barstool who had the bet about uh, who uh, McDavid was going to posterize that weekend? Yeah, because there's been, he got Riley last year, and then he's basically got the entire team in the first game of this year. I don't even know if he could pick out one player. So he pretty much does it to the Leafs most of the time. The last two games, clearly not. But it's just I mean, so impressive. I watched. I've watched Sidney Crosby, who's probably the best career I've seen. Ovechkin's up there too. But the things McDavid does on the ice, I've never seen anyone do that. And even talking to people like my dad, who've seen Gretzky and stuff, who's easily the best hockey mind and hockey player of all time. Oh, for sure. The things McDavid does, he says he's never seen. That skill, he thinks he's probably the most skilled player he's ever seen, and he's seen Gretzky. Like, it's insane. Like, I just don't... And, and and you know, lots of the Leafs guys are not... They're not plugs on defense. Like, these are guys who have played a lot of the best players in the year in the league. Like, Bogosian last year when winning the Cup. This guy's playing the best of the best. And, you know, McDavid just takes two strides, and it's like, see ya. See you later. You, you don't get to touch me. Now, he didn't score... But yeah, I guess we'll touch on that for, for this guy for, I, I don't know. So they play tomorrow, so we're not going to actually pick that game, but uh, you know, kind of a sneak peek of what I'm doing tomorrow. As I said, not an official pick, but I bet Edmonton two games in a row. Part of that's hedging happiness. If I lose that bet Leafs win. So that's not a bad feeling, but um, McDavid off a score sheet, two games in a row. He had stats like he's like games after he gets no points. I think that he has like 13 or 11 or something this year already. So this guy's going to explode one time or another. Although I'd love to see Anderson come back tomorrow in another shutout because that'd be epic. Yeah. So we'll move into the next game, which was the Habs Jets. That was Dominique Ducharme's, I think, true first true game as head coach. They had the first game, but he really didn't have time to practice. Yeah. We were both taking the Habs and kind of everything to do with that. And I mean, they were the better team by far. But Connor Hellebuck showed why he won the Vesna last year, and it turned into a goaltending battle. Who, if you thought Winnipeg Montreal beginning of the year, you would have said Price Hellebuck goaltending battle, but it was Hellebuck Allen. Jake Allen played another solid game, and the Habs improved. Improved. It's not really improved to zero and six in overtime and shootouts. <laughs> yeah, that's a hard. That's a hard pitch. That's improved. I mean, they got a point. Like yay. That's the thing that we talked about, though, right? Is is I feel every week we're talking about this, and and you can chime in here, but every week we're saying, oh, you know, the Habs dominated this game, or they dominated this aspect, or their course is good here. You know, it looks like they were doing better five on five, and the last couple of weeks it's always resulted in an L. That's gotta turn around. Yeah, I mean, the biggest things is they're 
their special teams hasn't been good. And another killer is face-offs. Both goals they led against the Jets were face-offs. Quick face-off off a penalty kill. That wasn't a bad penalty kill, but they won the face-off. Ehlers got it scored. And then you lose the face-off three-on-three, and that's going to hurt you. Yeah. And, I mean, that's the thing with the team right now is you have such young centermen and any centerman who's played in the league, Crosby, McDavid, the best players of our generation, were terrible at the dot for their first couple of years. Well, it takes it's a learning curve for sure, right? You gotta you gotta learn how to win to how to win draws, but it absolutely makes a massive difference, though, right? You know, if you're on that if you're on that penalty kill, you you know you win that one draw. It's not that quick. Snap back to the point across in the net, and you, and you see that happen a lot. The Leafs do that a lot. They win a lot of draws, but the Habs gotta. Yeah, you're right. From a from a centerman perspective, um, they're they're a little green in that area, but these guys got us. They're winning. They're they're still okay in the division right now, but with every you know every game is a divisional game as we've talked about. So you gotta you gotta turn the ship around and start getting some W's, and hopefully they can do that tonight. Yeah, I mean that was a nice thing I saw Saturday is they really changed it up on the power play and the penalty kill, and they actually both looked decent. You saw a lot of better looks tonight. They're three for three on the penalty kill, and now two for three on the power play. So whatever Ducharme's doing is working so far. And you'd love to say it's just Ottawa tonight, but Ottawa's been pesky if, as we've seen in the last week, beating Calgary twice. They beat Toronto, beat Montreal. Ottawa's won like five or six games. Like are they, they're they're on a bit of a heater now. I don't think that's going to hang on forever, uh, by any means. But um, they're not yeah, a I team mean, you can take easy any game though. No, and I mean it's good to see that Price has only led in one so far. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's nice to see. So we'll see how the game plays out, but. I mean, you're seeing positive signs on the areas that they need to work on. So if they can improve those areas, I think they'll be fine. I don't think they'll miss the playoffs. I kind of thought they'd be fighting for that two spot. I got my hopes up at the beginning of the year because they looked dominant and they looked super good everywhere. And they look like they actually might finish first in the division for parts there. But no, they're kind of going back to where I thought they were. They're not as good as they were at the start of the year and they're not as bad as they are on this slide. So. Yeah, and I saw Drager, Darren Dreger with uh, TSN was saying that too. He's like, you know, they're they're not the Habs are not as bad as as bad as they look by any means, which you've been saying for weeks now. So, where are we at with the uh, with the scores? I already know where I'm at. I'm already zero for three, so that's cool. So I'm one for three now because we both took Oilers and Habs, both lost those. Yeah, we're next, good. Next game we get into, we get into some U.S. content. We had the. Hurricanes and the Panthers. So I just, I've bet on the Panthers like three games in a row. And for God knows why. First of all, they keep playing Carolina. Can they play anybody else? That'd be great. Second of all, how can they not win a game? Like these guys are first in their division. And this is something we're going to talk about a little bit later. But like this year is so weird with trying to determine where teams are. Like all, all games are division games, right? So, you know, the Panthers are first in their division. Well, they've lost like three in a row. I know a couple of them are in OT, but for them to be as heavy favorites as they were, I was like, damn, come on, man. Like, you got to win one of these. But I'm going to keep riding the Panthers until they win because they're eventually going to win. Yeah, they've basically all been one goal games. And that was even the thing there on Saturday is the Canes were up most of the game. Panthers tied it and it went to a shootout and they pulled it off. Hornfist scored the late one, and you kind of got your hopes up a little bit, and then it Break got crushed heart. in the shootout. So, yeah, that, well, that's not the first time that uh, that's happened. I mean, last night it was the same thing, where you know they're up two one late. This is the opposite a little bit, but they're up two one late. Carolina ties it up, goes to overtime, and they lose again. But oh, yeah, I, I got to ride James Reimer. He's having a good year, looking like a good goalie. So. He pulled out the win there, and that kind of works into our next game. Uh. Wings, Hawks. I went puck line, and you had two units on this game, so that kind of hurt. But what our talk beforehand was the Wings might have a chance if Bernier starts, but Chicago will pull it off because Lankinen is the better goalie. Well, what's the goalie matchup we got that game? Subban. Bernier versus Subban. So we didn't get the goalie we wanted for the Hawks, and we got the goalie we were somewhat scared of for the wings i know you weren't because you know bernier but he's had a good year i'm gonna leave this i'm not even gonna comment on this i'll bring this up later in the show because um it just ties in so well to our perfect to our neck to one of our segments later on so i will leave the comment but again you know 
Chicago plays Lankinen on Sunday, and they win, as I thought they would. So I have the wrong day for the for the Hawks to win, and it just is uh, it's not a good feeling to go over five. I will tell you, I did win on other bets, but like for the for the sake of the pod, like over five is just soul crushing, especially to, with shitty wings. Yeah, I mean that was the thing is I I thought Lankin would start Saturday. He starts Sunday. Pulled out a miracle win for my fantasy, which I loved. He's been so good for that, but it killed their bets on Saturday. Oh, God. So what are we I, at over all in the year right now? Well, this week, you were 0 for 5, down 6 units, because you had the 2 units on Chicago. Jeez. I was 2 for 5, so only down a unit and a half, which, not terrible. So for the year, I'm 7 for 13, still above 50%, okay. and still, still up a quarter unit. This week hurts you, though. You're 5 for 13 now. And you're down 3.46 units, so three and a half units down. Okay. You took a real hit this weekend. Okay, well, I mean, the good news is is that there's more NHL this week, and I'm feeling a bounce back. So it's going one of, one of two ways here. I'm going on a heater, or I'm going to be the ultimate cooler. So your choice, listeners. If you'd like to fade me this week and, and think I'm going to go on a cooler, then I welcome you to that. But I'm feeling good, Cam. Feeling really good. I think we're going to have a great hockey weekend this weekend. No chance I'd go over five. Zero percent chance. Well, let's start it off with your Leafs then. The Leafs play Canucks on Saturday. Let's see where you're gonna go there then. Win. Leafs. Anderson's gonna be back. Matthews is gonna be back. Um, you know, I as I you know, the Canucks were good for a week and then they've been kind of bad since then. I mean, like they went up three nothing on Winnipeg the other night. Um, which I had a bet on, which was great. Um but I don't think Hellebuck had that good of a game that game. So I'm feeling pretty good. I mean, honestly, the Leafs are making me feel really good. It's hard to bet against them. I think they're going to lose probably to Edmonton on Wednesday. But they'll bounce back on Saturday. Maple Leafs, money line. Yeah, so it is the second game. They play Thursday. They play back-to-back this week. So they play Thursday against the Canucks to start the series. Then get them again Saturday. I mean, I want to go Canucks, but I think i got to go Leafs money line here too. They're just... You can't bet against them at the moment. They they do look too good in this division. Unless it's Winnipeg or Montreal, I'd have a tough time going anywhere else. Even though Edmonton should be decent, just still don't see it at the moment. If the Leafs are, so, at least are on a bit of a heater right now, too. <clears throat> so their goaltenders, yeah, I mean, you know. Sorry, yeah, I, I think say, they their, might. Their, 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 goaltenders, their goaltenders have been too good, right? And all of them have been good. So if especially if Anderson's playing, I know this comes into, comes into it big. I don't really think I care who you throw in net. I think they're going to come out and play. No, and I think they're going to go through a little bit of a lull sometime this year, but it's not going to be against the Canucks. I see it being against Winnipeg or Montreal. Ottawa. Yeah, maybe <laughs> Ottawa because they're pesky. But I don't think it's going to be the Canucks in this couple game series. So Leafs money lines where I'm going to. So our second game Saturday is Habs-Jets. This is going to be their fourth time playing in just over a week. The Habs have tonight's game against Ottawa in the middle, but that's still a lot of seeing each other in a week and a bit. Yeah, I um, I don't have any confidence in Montreal right now. I mean, I know they're trying to turn it around, but it can take, it can take you know some baby steps, right? You win one, you get some confidence back. You win another, you lose one. Um very rarely do you go on like a six game losing streak and follow it up with a six game winning streak. It just doesn't seem likely. So, you know, and I think the other thing too is, is that Winnipeg was not happy with their performance against Vancouver and they can be better. I mean, if hell, and we've talked about this all year, but if Hellebuck's hot, nobody's scoring on them. And as I said, it, it all depends too on if Carey Price is playing, is it Allen playing? Um, but I just think in general, you know, from a better standpoint, I don't feel see how you can be confident betting the Habs. I bet the Habs twice last weekend, and I lost both, so Winnipeg money line. Yeah, I, I definitely understand where you're going for, but I'm going to go the opposite. They're not going to keep going through this lull. They've got to start winning some games, and they're playing well enough to win the games. If their special teams can get up a bit, I mean, they're also getting super unlucky. You look at the game they played against Hellebuck, stands on his head. Then he goes into Vancouver and lets in three goals on, like, four shots. I'm like, why can't Montreal get a goalie just not playing well for five minutes one of these games? Even tonight, they're playing Joey Decord. 
Laval, Montreal's farm team, scored 10 goals on this guy in two games. And tonight, suddenly, he's playing like he's a Vesna winner. Oh, of course. So I feel like they're getting a little unlucky there, but they're, they're too good to keep losing, and they're playing too good to keep losing. So we'll go Habs money line on Saturday. They're not going to lose all four of these to the Jets. They're going to win a couple of them, so... Feels no. pretty good. Yeah, I, I can see. I can see that. As I said, I can see them winning Thursday, losing Saturday. That's kind of my my thought on it. So I guess we'll see. And the last Canadian game we have on Saturday is Oilers and Flames, the Battle of Alberta. This is just a one-off, so it's not even a series. They both go different ways after it. Well, I think the, the great news for all of us is that anytime the Battle of Alberta happens, it's a gift to the hockey world. Um, the more and more these guys play, the nastier it's going to get. So I'm super excited to watch this game. Um, you know, the Flames have just not looked good. And I can't say the Oilers have looked good either because they lost two in a row to the Leafs and got shut out. But I really struggle, you know, like because Markstrom's been, been hurt. Riddick played really good versus the Leafs last week, and then he was not so good later on. He still won for five or one for six now like he's not his wins are not great so i'm gonna go i'm gonna go oilers i think they're gonna bounce back as i said i think they'll probably win tomorrow night versus the leafs and um and i definitely think that they're gonna take it home and i'm gonna change it up i think that the oilers are not only gonna beat the oilers sorry oilers gonna beat the oilers oilers gonna beat the flames i'm gonna take oilers puck line on that game I think it's going to be a thrashing on Saturday night. Yeah, it was definitely going back and forth on this game when we kind of chose this for the schedule. And the Flames have been a mess. They almost look like the biggest mess in the in the division right now. Like they almost Even look worse than, than Ottawa. Worse than Vancouver and Ottawa is playing at the moment. I mean, you watch their games too, and it's not even they're playing well. They're just they look disheartened. The only thing is, I think one of these games are going to figure it out. They have a couple guys with heart. They got Lucic, they got Kachuk. Those guys, Giordano, those guys are going to play harder than anybody you see. I think on Saturday, Battle of Alberta, that'll get these guys back going. And I think there'll be a little bit of a dog on Saturday too. So I think I like the play there. So I'm going to go Flames, just money line, hoping that there'll be a bit of a dog and I'll be able to cash in on that. Why, why do you think that they're, I mean, I know that they've lost some games, but why, why do you think that they're, like, look so defeated right now? I, I just don't see – I mean, Markstrom was so good at the start of the year. They were flowing, and then the, the wheels kind of fell off. Well, for sure, a little of it has to be Markstrom being out the last week. I mean, the guy was finished second in Vesna voting last year. He looked like one of the best goalies, and now him being out. But, I mean, they've really been kind of rattled since Kachuk got into it with Muzzin way back, and nobody really backed Kachuk. It seemed to cause something in the dressing room where – Everyone's a little tired of Kachuk's antics, as they said. But, I mean, that guy, that's the way that guy plays. And to be honest, I want him a guy like that on my team. Oh, for sure you do. He doesn't cross the line. He's not dirty. Yeah, he gets involved in maybe a little more shit than he should, but well, he I plays mean, hard. So, I, mean, I mean, I can't say that he's not dirty. I, like, he, like, he rides the line. Let's yeah, be, but let's be frank. He's not taking cheap shots or anything, even like when no. he f- fell on Toronto's goalie. It wasn't like he was trying to injure him or body slammed him. He fell on him half on purpose there for sure, yeah, but it wasn't something that was going to yeah. injure him. It was just more trying to get under your skin type stuff yeah. is more what I'm getting at. Well, and that's right. It's just riding the line. I mean, it's the same thing with Muzzin, right? Muzzin flips the puck at him. He's not injuring him at all. He's just trying to get under his skin, right? So it's, as I said, it's it's those kind of plays that ride the line. But I totally agree with you. Like, that's a guy where if he's on your team, you love him. I mean, Marshan does this stuff all the time, and his teammates love him. So part of that reason is he's a vet. But, you know, when the, when the licking thing was happening with Marsha and his teammates were like, hey, bro, like, you got to stop this. This is just ridiculous. Um, so, you know, I hope that I hope that the dressing room figures it out. I hope, you know, Giordano can bring everybody together. And I hope the Flames turn it around because when, um, when they're good and the Battle of Alberta's flowing – great for the hockey world yeah so we thought we'd change it up with our we're only going to go with four games this week and we're each going to have a different fourth game because we thought Thank we'd try God. and bring up a lock for this a u.s lock for our fourth game of the weekend so you know i'll the start good news is, cam sorry to interrupt you know what the good news is i can't go over five that is true it's, so. it's impossible i can only go over four <laughs> So when I looked at these games for the weekend, I know the Isles Sabres play both games, so I'm going to go with the Saturday game for this one. And I think the Isles are a lock here. The Sabres just look like a dumpster fire. Oh, they're, man. 
almost as bad as Detroit. Not quite. Oh, Detroit's worse. Trust me, but but man, when you have I, the Sabers can't figure it out. Eichel and Hall have like three goals. They just how do you get a guy who just won the heart a couple years ago? Eichel, who still has the skill to be a top pick. How about Skinner? Skinner's yeah, like a seven was a seven million dollar deal, and he got healthy scratch three games in a row. This guy's like he, like. Oh man, I, I'm they're they're that cool. Like if he if he didn't have such a big contract, he'd be gone. They would have just bought him out by now. Yeah, and then there's the Isles who I actually like their depth. Barzell's exciting player to watch. They got some other guys on that team who are fun. So I think they could sweep the weekend, but I think it's for sure a lock on Saturday. Well, I'm gonna. I I actually really like that one. We kind of talked before. That was you know when you had asked me who's your lock, and I was like, oh yeah, Isles over Sabres. You're like, did you see my pick? I was like, no. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to go the same pick. I think that you're 100 percent right. I think, as I said last week on the podcast, there's a zero percent chance the Sabers beat the Islanders. I mean, obviously that was wrong, and I'll get to that. But Sunday, the Bolts, Tampa Bay Landing play the Hawks. We're assuming that Lekkinen is that his name again? Lekkinen. I'm assuming he's in. Who knows? If it's Subban, it's a double lock. I'd put a billion units on it. But Tampa Bay is a class above the Hawks, and Tampa Bay is my lock for the weekend. They haven't. They they've been underperforming a little bit this year. I mean, they're they're still good. Like they're still top of their division, um, or up there in their division. But they're not this. They're just not the same. The defense on on Tampa can hold can hold Kane and company. So uh, Tampa Bay money line. Lock it up, baby. Yeah, I like that pick. I mean, Tampa's definitely missing Kucherov at times this year. And I think the Hawks are a little doing a little above their pay grade right now. I mean, they're still wouldn't shock me if they sneak into that fourth spot, but they're no by no means one of the top teams in that division. So I think that's a good and, pick and, there. I mean nor, the only nor, thing nor is, is Kane and Lankanen could steal it. Well, and nor, nobody thought that the Hawks were going to be as good as they were this year. I mean, they've been bad for a couple, for a couple of years, right? They were, like this Lankanen guy came out of nowhere, or at least for, for our outside viewers came out of nowhere. I'm sure there were scouts who were like, Oh yeah, we saw this coming. But like for us, like I, I had no idea. And then you're missing Jonathan Taze and Kirby doc, which oh, should yeah. be two of your top six forwards. And you're thinking, Can you imagine if Taze was playing on this team right now, how much better they they'd be though. Oh, and Kirby like, Doc was the captain of Team Canada before his injury too. So you're looking at this, you're like, how are they doing this right now? But it's Kane and Lankadan are stepping up. So yeah, they've been huge. So we're going to get into your segment here now, Burke. Your stupid takes on the internet is what we're going to call it this week. Stupid takes on the internet. If you follow any sports page or like fan group or whatever the case is, you know exactly what we're talking about. People who have their head so far up their ass. They just have no concept of what's going on with the game. They have no idea what what they're even really saying, frankly. So we're going to go over a couple of takes here. And we're just going to kind of read the take. And then we're going to... I mean, it's always possible that, you know, if I think something's stupid, Cam might agree with it a little or vice versa. We're going to give a take on, you know, shut like basically shut your face. You have no idea what you're talking about. Or there's some truth to that. So let's start it off, Cam. Yeah, so after Saturday, Marner won the matchup against McDavid. There was a Toronto media guy. Can't I actually forgot to type down the name. But he had a mini article here on why Marner is now the favorite for the Hart Trophy after dominating McDavid head-to-head. And I mean, go first. <laughs> yeah, you can go first on this okay. take. I mean, you're a huge Leafs fan. Huge Leafs But fan. you're a realist, I think. I... I... I've been very fair with the Leafs forever. I, you know, like, and I'll get, uh, there's a take. I have, I, have one, I have another Leafs take as well. And it's not just about, it's not actually about the Leafs. It's about people talking about the Leafs. But I'm, but I'm very fair when it comes to them, I feel. Um, and we still disagree on stuff from time to time. But that's, I mean, that's going to happen in sports. But to say that, I mean, yeah, Marner's got a lot of points. But the first thing is, the first thing about this whole take is, is that, how is Marner in the conversation over Matthews? I'm sorry. I don't see how that's even close, let alone McDavid. If you want to come to me and say, okay, Matthews is in the heart conversation over McDavid. Okay. I can accept that there may be some truth to that, right? If he kept up his pace, he carries the Leafs to a conference final or whatever the case is. Yeah. I'll give that to you. 
Marner's a great player. He's, he's, you know, part of the engine that runs the Leafs. I totally get that. But to say that he dominated McDavid, yeah, okay. Like, yeah, McDavid was a couple minuses. Uh, Marner had a bunch of points. I I don't think that Marner is the best player on the Leafs by any means. And you can disagree, as people can disagree with that opinion. I just don't think that he, he's a great player, though. He's a, he's a top player on the Leafs. Matthews is the best player on the Leafs. The Hart Trophy is literally most valuable player and it's most valuable player to your team. And Matthews to me is the leader of that team. He's the main cog of that team. And Marner did not dominate McDavid. Yeah. I mean, that's just the thing is I I've had that argument even with Edmonton last year when dry won the heart is how can you have a heart when you have two guys who you're considering it for on the same team? It just, I totally to me, agree. It, I mean, Dreisaitl and McDavid have been so far ahead in points from everybody and look so good. And, I mean, Dreisaitl's been getting Selkie votes too. So I can kind of see the argument. But Marner's not a superstar defensively. He's decent and he's definitely improved. But to say he's the front runner, I mean, even saying he's in the conversation, I could give you some. I could say, okay, yeah, you could have him in the conversation of like a group of five, ten guys for sure. But to say he's the front runner, I just thought was a stupid take. But like, is is the con? I mean, hard conversation with five to ten guys seems ridiculous. There, For there's, sure, there, there's there's not five to ten guys that are the like. There, there's got okay. There's thirty one guys in the league who are the most valuable on their team. Every team has the guy, unless you're really terrible. Like Detroit, I don't know who the guy is on that team. Is it Bernier? Probably, which is sad. But you know, like I just like really the heart has to be. Once you get after five guys, five guys I could stomach, right? After that, I'm like, come on. Like, you're like the 13th at hard voting. You shouldn't even be in the conversation. Sorry. No, you have a couple other questions there because you got four divisions who don't play each other this year. So you could probably at least have four heart considerations with the divisions. And then in the divisions, there's probably a couple, as we have in this one. You could have McDavid there. You could have Matthews there. So you could have arguments there. So. I well, could see how you could get up to six to eight guys, especially this year. But on a normal year, though, like you're legit talking three, four. I mean, only three get nominated, right? But th- like it's fairly obvious throughout the year that there's three to four guys. And we're going to get to that. I mean, one of these uh, podcasts soon, we're going to go through the awards. And I think we're going to go by division because we don't really have, there's no comparisons, right? Like we can't say, oh, yeah, well, McDavid's got this many points over Bergeron or whoever the, you know, whatever. That's just the name I threw out of the hat. But. You know, like, or McKinnon, right? It's it's so hard. You can't really compare them apples to apples. So uh, something to, that we're previewing for a podcast to come for sure. Yeah. So uh, what's your uh, stupid take on the internet then, Burke? So the, the again, this is Leafs related. Um, I like John Scott as a person. I've met John Scott. I've talked to him. He seems like a, he seems like a great guy. He's got lots of kids. I come from a big family. I, I love that. I really disliked his take and his comment that he put out on his podcast, which is on the internet. So it counts. He, you know, he basically says, pump the brakes on the Leafs. As soon as they play a team like Tampa or Boston, uh, they're going to be in trouble because they're just not that good. They play too much of a run and gun style. So when they play a team that's strong defensively and has been paying, playing strong defensively all year, they're going to run into trouble. This is a stupid take. I Like, I just... You can only play the teams in your division. So to say that the Leafs are like, well, they're not that good because they're playing in a weak division, you know, and and that's actually, sorry, that's part two of this take is people online who are saying uh, the North division is the weakest division in hockey. In comparison to what? Like you realize that there's bad teams in every division and the majority of the teams in the North division made the playoffs or the play-ins last year out of all the other divisions. So for John Scott to come out and say, okay, yeah, well, the Leafs will struggle against Stanford or Boston. How do you know that? There's there's no possible way for you to know that. And the only way that you're going to find that out is if the Leafs make the conference final and play one of those teams. And I and I bet your ass, you sign me up right now. You, you say, okay, well, fine. Let the Leafs make the conference final and see what happens. Okay. That means we would have won two playoff rounds. I'll take it every day twice on sunday yeah and that's the thing is i mean at the end of the day john scott could be right when they get to the final four 
maybe one of those teams runs over t- Toronto, Montreal, Jets, Flames, Oilers, whoever gets there. Or what if they just run over everybody else in the North Division actually is the best division? I mean, you can kind of guess, but you have absolutely no idea because I actually think the weakest teams are in the States too. I think Ottawa is way better than Detroit, than Nashville looks, than the Sabres look. So it's so hard to tell. I mean, you look at some like Vegas. I think Vegas, in my opinion, is the best team in the NHL at the moment. But again, I can't tell if they're that much better than Toronto or that much worse. So, yeah, I agree. It's a stupid take to try and compare divisions right now. If you want to go out and say Toronto's the best team in the North, yeah, for sure they are so far. There's no question. After that, I don't think you could have much takes. Well, and, and that, yeah, and as I said, it's in, we've, we've kind of nailed it. Like, I just don't see, wait until the playoffs, man. Like, if you want to come back next year, like, assuming everything gets back to normal next year, if you want to have a conversation next year about how, you know, you know, the Leafs aren't built for, for whatever, for the league, for this, you know, grinded out defensive hockey, just in case, I mean, I know that, okay, St. Louis last year had a great defensive core. They could grind out games. The league is getting away from this heavy game, in case you haven't noticed. So you still got to play defensively. But, you know, the other part of that comment was, you know, oh, well, the Leafs just, and Edmonton, like those two teams, they just like to go out and try to score. No shit. That's the point of the game. The point of the game is to not, like, oh, let's see who can have the most uh, takeaways. No, the point is to who can put the most pucks in the net. If you can put the most pucks in the net, you win the Stanley Cup. That's literally how the game is played. So I don't want to. So I just thought that was such a garbage take. I'm glad we agree on it because, and even as, as you said, like even as a Habs fan, like it's the same thing. Like I don't want to hear this garbage about it. And we will see come playoff times. And I'm sure you as a Habs fan as well. If if you want, if that's going to be the benchmark, and that first game, that first matchup is going to be in the conference finals, bring it on. Great. I would love to see a conference final. I haven't seen the least win a playoff round in 17 years, let alone a freaking conference final. Yeah, and that's the thing is you looked at even last year in the bubble, two of the most surprising and teams who looked really good were Vancouver and Montreal. No, oh, it's oh, for sure. What else you got on the on the stupid internet take, Cam? So my only other bad take is completely unhockey related, and it was people saying Johnny Manziel because he's going to make a play at golf is going to make the PGA Tour. Nah. <laughs> I mean, I'm above average golfer. I'm sitting at like a five, six handicap. So I'm fairly good at golf, but golf is such a mental game. Yeah. Johnny Manziel was an elite athlete, but if you watch the guy's career, he has the biggest head case ever. How do you succeed in a sport that is so mental? I think that he thinks that, you know, the, the attractive part about playing PGA golf is that you can you know, show up for a couple games, make the cut or not make the cut and then go get wasted on the weekends. I know this guy has been in recovery and it's not a huge laughing matter, but look at guys like, you know, Eddie Pepperell, this guy thought he wasn't going to make the cut on Friday night, got plastered and made the cut and had to play Saturday. Like, I mean, I think that there's an, that's an attractive part to the lifestyle, but just from a pure skill point alone, like look at how long these guys have been playing golf for and the training and the, and all the stuff that they put in. And the guy's got the money. He's got the time. But as you said, like it's super, I mean, even, even us on the golf course on weekends, like, man, like I will be having a great game. I'll be up. I was up two strokes on you this year, like five holes left. I was having the round of my life. And then the pressure got to me a little bit and I blew it up on three holes. I mean, this guy, like, this guy has no chance. Could you imagine Johnny Menzel trying to out, like, be like, he's out on the out on the green on like sixteen with Deshambo, and Deshambo just whips out the driver, smashes it four hundred yards, and Menzel's like, "Yeah, me too, bro," and then hits it like two twenty into the lake, snaps a club. Like, if you had the head, like, could you? Okay, I'll ask you this question. I don't know if you thought about it. What's like the biggest head case group? Like, what would be the matchup? or like the threesome or whatever in, in the PGA that you'd love to see Johnny Menzel be in. I if you could actually, pick a couple guys. I don't know where to go with that. I'd almost think it'd be hilarious if he was with guys like John Rahm and Billy Horschel, just two absolute <laughs> rage guys who just have massive meltdowns on the golf course. Cause these guys are, have been doing it forever. So if they saw, if Menzel saw them around and just saw them break down and have fits, what would he do? Oh man, the only other one I can think of would be like Patrick Reed, Johnny Menzel, and Bryson DeChambeau. So you've got like the Royd monster, 
then you've got the cheating bastard himself and then you got johnny who's probably just out on the course being like boys i know like i know that you're you know grounding your club in the sand scraping it away i know you know bryson you've got a little roy rage let's just have a couple shots on the course boys it's all good yeah i mean you've seen other professional athletes charles barkley's one who spent a billion hours on the golf course had some of the best coaches ever and he still sucks so and he's one of the best nba players of the last while so i will give charles some credit though at the last i think it was the, the match three he actually looked a lot better yeah, I mean, he hit some shots, but he's still absolutely nowhere near playing oh, professional. You and I would both kill him by a lot. So, but this, I, and this guy's got the most money ever. So, there, to sum it up, what percent chance do you think Johnny Menzel makes the PGA Tour? Well, actually, let me rephrase this. What do you think that the, the chances are of Johnny Menzel making any professional golf tournament? See, if he can get down to under a five handicap, which I think is possible. I don't think he's going to get to plus. I can see him getting an exemption on like the Corn Ferry Tour, similar to like Steph Curry. So I think that's kind of a bad way of going about it. But him actually competitively doing and not a sponsor exemption, I'd give him less than half a chance percent. I mean, he's still a professional athlete with a lot of money. This is just and... Tebow all over again, honestly. And I like Tim Tebow as a person. But this guy's like, I'm going to go play professional baseball. Yeah, you're an athlete. That, that's the only comparison I can give. If if Tim Tebow can't make the big leagues and was a Heisman winner, you have 0% chance being a Heisman winner and making PGA Tour. No but way. At least Tebow, Tebow did play like high school and wanted it was recruited for NCAA for baseball as well. That's true. It's not that's like Manziel point. who's really never played golf. <laughs> well, and I, I actually don't know how much he's played. Like, I mean, he might have played as a kid. He might have played... I mean, not when he was in Cleveland because Cleveland's cold, but you know, maybe, maybe he played a bunch. I don't know. Probably spends a lot of time in Miami or Florida or wherever the case is on his boat, living his best life. But I like that. That's a good question. That's a good take. Well, we'll send it back to you then. Where's your next take going on this? One other stupid comment on the internet thing that I want to bring up and I eat a little piece of humble pie and apologize to Detroit Red Wings fans, even though I was right one game. I was incorrect on the actual game I called, and I just want you to listen to the clip. And this is, in my opinion, the stupidest, stupidest comment on the internet that went out this week. There's not a single soul who can tell me that Detroit has a chance in hell of beating Chicago on the weekend. So... From the bottom of my heart, Red Wings fans, I apologize for this take. And that was a stupid comment. Even though the Wings still suck, and I will still back myself up, and I will still bet against them every single week, last week was a stupid comment. Right, Cam? Yeah, I mean, that's what you get for always trying to back and go against the ex-Leafs goalies. All right, well, I, I just got one more. And again... It's just it's it's mostly Leafs related because I keep seeing the stupid stuff. But to the fans who like every time the Leafs go on a run, say, and I have probably four or five examples of this, is you know the people who say, you know, start planning the parade, uh, or the opposite of like, oh well, they're just gonna blow it in the playoffs. Here we go again, like or like this comment that I I, I you know as I said. Um, you know, we, we touched on this, but they ba he basically says, doubt they'd have the record if they were facing the best teams in the league this year. And just, you know, all those negative comments, I just don't see what, like, why are they necessary? Like, people say, oh, man, TSN Media and all the media talks about the Leafs too much. You know who talks about the Leafs more than Leafs fans? It's every other hockey fan in Canada who talks badly about the Leafs because it's fun. You don't see anybody trash the Leafs as much as, you know, like, you, you think any regular hockey fans are like, man, Nashville, they've never won a cup. What a bunch of losers. Plan the parade. No, you never see that garbage. I mean, you see the you see the banner thing that they did a couple of years ago or whatever it was. But, you know, I, I just, I just, it's getting, it just gets old. I think that's the only thing I'm trying to say. It just gets really old saying the whole plan the parade garbage. And that's what I, one thing I commended, like you had said to me today, like you were impressed with the Leafs. I appreciate that as a, that you're, cause you're a Haz fan. Like for once I actually hear from somebody like, Oh, well, the Leafs don't actually suck right now. That's nice to hear because it really grates on you, man. Like people just always saying that shit. It's, it's tough. It is tough. 
Yeah, I mean, it's tough because we live in Toronto and there is definitely some people, Scott MacArthur, Joe Bowen, who are massive homers. And it's ridiculous some of the takes they say. And they basically, like listening to the fan this morning and Ziggy and MacArthur, they were basically planning a parade route. And that's coming from me, who I actually have been super impressed with the Leafs. I think they're by far the best team in the North right now and they've showed it so far this year. But that's the thing, too, is like the Leafs are just so polarizing. They're almost like the Yankees or the Patriots, but they haven't won is the thing. Like a lot of their fans, I mean, you're a pretty realist fan, but there is a lot of fans who every time this does happen, they get super in people's faces. The thing is, you haven't won. You're not the Yankees or the Patriots. No. Everyone hates their fans, but at least they've won a bunch so they can kind of rub that people's faces. Is that what it's going to take for it to stop? Like, like, like at what point does, does this hate stop? Does it stop when they win a cup? Does it stop when they win a round? Like, is that where we're at? Where if we win one round, like, will the flack will be gone? Doubt it. I think, I think probably you'll get 25% of it'll be gone if they win a round, but unless they make the Stanley Cup finals or something, it's not going to go away. I feel bad for internet trolls and people like when the Leafs eventually win a cup, I hope it's in my lifetime. And yes, I'm tripping my own team, but realistically it's been forever. 50 nope 60 nope 57 years there we go got it 57 54. years 50 no it's 2021 oh yeah shoot bad math <laughs> 54 years okay see even i don't know if it, if it takes me that long to think about it then that's just that but i feel bad for trolls because when the leafs eventually win the stanley cup which they will the cubs did it i mean the cubs took 100 years if the Leafs take 100 years i'll be probably dead so that'd be sad but you know if once that happens Good, like you don't get the chirp beliefs ever again and that'll be a great day so we're getting close to wrapping up the pot here cam what else we got before we head out well let's just touch on the raptors quickly we haven't got a chance to touch on them so mm-hmm. far big news and, of them too yeah i mean right now is a little bit of a mess i got a whole covid issue right now mm-hmm. but it's kind of been a shocking weird year beginning of the year they look so bad and you're like treat everybody get rid of everybody then fred van vliet has that 50 something point game they're scrappy, beat Milwaukee twice, beat the 76ers. They're beating all these top teams in the East. I mean, the East looks like an absolute gong show right now. Dumpster fire. You're seeing well, a lot of and, fight from this team. Well, the West has been unbelievable. I mean, I don't think that's a shock to anybody, really. Anywhere LeBron goes, and you see this happen, right? LeBron goes to the West, and all the good players are like, well, better get in the West. Or or you see a guy's even leave, right? You go, Kyrie goes to the Nets, and... Durant goes to the Nets to try to make the final. But, man, like the Raptors were so hit and miss at the start of the year, and then they started to turn it around. And they're 17-17 and 17 right now, so I think they're sitting in sixth. So they're still in the playoffs. Um, I just don't see – I mean, with this team, I love the Raptors. The, the 2019 championship problem was unreal. But it is okay as a fan to acknowledge that, hey, this isn't going to be our year. If anybody thinks that the Raps are winning the championship year this year, then – which I don't, th- I think there's very few people who think that, but if you do think that you're delusional, I think that the, you know, and this is something we haven't talked about. I don't think on the podcast yet. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. My one prediction for the Raptors is that uh, I think Kyle Lowry, if he wants to go chase a championship and ask to be traded for it, it it'll happen. Um, this is like TMZ material, but his, he listed his house in Toronto and it's, and it did sell. Conditional on financing and inspection, just in case you were wondering. The realtor take on the podcast. Um, but the house is sold, so I wouldn't be surprised by any means if he requests a trade and said, hey, I only got a couple more years left. Can I go chase another one? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a conversation they've had. And I know Philly's the talk. He's from Philly. They're number one in the East right now. They look decent. They could definitely use him. I mean, the whole house thing's a little little weird because i haven't played in toronto in a year and a half so do you really want to be sitting on this house that's worth a ton of money if you're especially the market there good. at all no yeah, it's true yeah. but, it, but you'd also assume that like i mean this is the last year of his deal right so you'd think that if he was confident about re-signing in toronto and that you know more than likely in toronto they're going to play you know next year they'll probably play in toronto you probably sit on that i mean real estate's a pretty solid asset so why get rid of it um but it is what it is, man. I mean, Kyle Lowry's left his legacy on the Raptors. No one can take that away. No one as a Raptors fan will ever forget what he's done for the franchise. Stuck no. by us for years and years. So, And that's the thing is you probably – you could argue Vince or Kawhi was the best player they've ever had skill-wise, but Kyle Lowry's the greatest Raptor of all time. He's – I mean, if they ever do a statue outside and 
he's going to have his jersey raised to the rafters at some point. That's no question to me. That's He's the well, greatest that's... raptor of all time, and I think you leave it up to him. If he, You have conversations, and I, I assume they probably already have. Do you want to go somewhere or do you not? And it's up to you. We'll trade you if you want to go. If you want to stay here and finish your career here, we'll make sure you do that. Well, I'd like to see him go chase a championship. If he wants to come back for like a victory tour or whatever, like with the Raps, resign later, I'm down for that. But, you know, as, as we touched on, I mean, this guy, he's untouchable. There was always that talk of, well, it's the Bar de Rose and the best guy. You know, we should, you know, retire Kawhi's jersey. All of that's ridiculous. Lowry's first and that. And, and even Vince, like people are like, we should retire Vince. Vince didn't do, like, yeah, Vince started the basketball kind of craze in Canada for sure. But, man, this guy did not bring a championship. He left, broke people's hearts. Kyle Lowry, the bulldog. You know, the guy earlier in his career who everybody thought was too difficult to deal with, wasn't, you know, wasn't that good, wasn't that strong, you know, led one of the, the biggest cities in the world to one of the most massive championships that our country's seen in a long time. So um, something that, that we'll we'll never forget. So good for good for Kyle. And hopefully the Raptors can get over this COVID thing, man, because I know they're playing tomorrow night. And I think Fred Van Vliet's out, Siakam's out. Uh, OG Ananobi's out. It's basically the Raptors 905 versus the Detroit Pistons. <laughs> yeah, and I look forward to the day that the number seven is sitting in the Raptors. But I mean, we'll move on from the Raptors. They're kind of scrappy and it's kind of fun to pay attention to a bit. But we got another team in the city that's, I mean, they're not playing in the city this year, but they just started spring training. And I mean, you just saw George Springer put on a Blue Jays jersey and got yes, his first sir. hit today. And I mean, that's going to be an exciting year. I mean, we saw what it was a couple years ago when they made the playoffs, the way the country really stepped up, because, again, they're the only team, same as the Raptors, in this country. and They might have the best offense in the majors, so it'll be fun to watch. Spring training's just starting, though. Yeah, figure out the pitching. And uh, I think, you know, Vladdy's looked good. Vladdy's Vladdy's really thinned down. I think he's lost 35 pounds since the start of the offseason, and we don't like to comment on other gentlemen's weight here because we we are not the perfect specimens ourselves. Needless to say, it's the over six. We drink beers over the podcast, so it is what it is. But, you know, Vladdy himself even said at the end of last season, I want to be, I want to chop some weight. I want to play third base. I want to be better. I want to be better physically for the team. And and he's put in a lot of work in the offseason, and I think it's really going to pay dividends. Um, The only other thing I think we've got, Cam, is I just want to touch really quickly because we're running a little long, but just really touch quickly on uh, on the Scotty's Tournament of Hearts. That just kind of wrapped up over the weekend. So, you know, they started for, it was a 10-day tournament, and uh, the Anderson team took home the Scotties Tournament of Hearts for the second year in a row, back-to-back champs. I mean, it's not really shocking. I was kind of pulling for Homan, but being eight months pregnant in a bubble situation, probably not that easy. But No, definitely not easy. Anderson's team overall was the best, best team overall. You watch that finals, and Homan didn't read the ice well, and you can't really blame that on pregnancy. They just they didn't read the ice as well as Einerson in the last game, and I know the ice wasn't perfect, but that was the difference watching that match. Well, I feel good too. I mean, the Einerson team didn't get to represent Team Canada at the Worlds last year as it was canceled because of COVID nineteen. This year, the Worlds in Calgary, and it is uh, the weekend after the, the Women's World starts the weekend after the Men's Briar in the bubble so they're actually going to get an opportunity to represent team canada because there's nothing worse than you win the championship you get to represent your country and then they're like just kidding you actually have to try this again next year because it's canceled like i just would have felt horrible for her if she actually wouldn't have been able to represent her country so obviously rooting for them in a couple of weeks well yeah it's so unfortunate in canada like you see the other countries they basically have the same representative every year Canada is usually ranked like they have like five of the top 10 ranked teams in the world. So coming out of this country is just huge and be able to represent the country. So it's definitely a big thing to be able to do that against the other teams in the world. Uh, last curling thing. And, and we love curling on the show. We are big proponents of, of curling. Um, obviously at the start of last show, I threw out the, the curling club 50, 50. Again, if you want your 50, 50 tickets, go get them. Norwich curling, Norwich district curling club, Facebook page, 50, 50, find all the details there. Um, but the Briars coming up on Friday, Briar being the, the men's, the Canadian men's championship. And it's going to be super exciting. Um, I just want to read one quote again. I know we're running along, but I got one quote that I want to read from, from basically from Brad Gushu says, 
you know, really excited for, for the briar coming up, getting ready for 56 days in the bubble. Okay, so let's do the math here. 10 days in the, so you got to do, I think it's a week or some 10 days before the tournament starts, you got to be in quarantine, all right? There's 10. And then you got another 10 for the briar. There's 20. So there's another 36 days to go here. Well, what happens to be 36 days in the bubble? Well, it just so happens to be the world, the women's worlds, and then the men's worlds. A subtle flex from Gushu, from Brad Gushu. But I love the confidence. That is just, I just love that so much. I mean, the guy's the reason I got into curling. I started watching curling in 2006 in the Olympics. The guy wanted it 25 years old, won the Olympic gold for Canada. And that's definitely who I'll be back in this week. I mean, I'd love to back Ontario because that's where we're from. But now Canada and Newfoundland, I'm back in Brad Gushu and hope to watch him a bunch. He's just so fun to watch. You know, I, I and you know, like if he makes the finals, it's probably going to be against Brendan Botcher again. Botcher's made the finals like two years in a row um, from Team Alberta, I believe he is. So um, we're just in for such good curling. I mean, as curling fans and people who, I mean, you curled a couple of bond spiels last year. I did league play last year, bond spiels, all that kind of stuff. And we've, you know, been shut down with COVID this year. So to get curling back on TV, essentially for, you know, two months straight, where not only do you have curling in the night, you got curling at, you know, 830 in the morning, 330 in the afternoon, and then, you know, eight o'clock at night. It's been a great, uh, great couple of weeks for, for curling. And that's going to be super exciting. And we're definitely going to, I'm actually interested to throw some futures down. Maybe we'll throw some futures on, uh, on Gushu winning the Briar, or maybe Gushu winning the Worlds since he's in the bubble for 56 days. Yeah, I know we're running long, so that's a pretty good touch on curling. And, I mean, we'll hopefully touch on the briar when it's over and touch on who won and how it's going. So, I mean, looking forward to another good weekend of hockey, though. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a great weekend as always. And as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Over6Sports. Usually we have listener questions. Could not get to them this week because of time constraints, but we will touch on them next week. Uh, you can always send your questions to at Over6Sports on Twitter, as I said, or you can uh, you know, follow us, uh, my, myself, Zach Burke, over, at Zach Burke Over6, or Cam's, which is C. Charlton Turf, the Turf Man himself on Twitter. And once again, for the Over6 Sports Podcast, I am Zach the Bandit Burke. With me as always, Cameron Turfman Charlton. Cameron Turfman Charlton. We will chat next week.